Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. This week's podcast is called The Secret Weapon for Clear Intuition. And I'm going to give you three tips on how to organize your environment because in my experience and my work with myself and my work with clients and students, intuitives need a clear living space, clear vehicles. Um, it, it's a way to organize our already chaotic energy or the chaos of energy, if you will. And so if you're already rolling your eyes at the subject, <laughs> I, I totally understand. And I'm just going to invite you to hang in there with me. And we're just, it's, you know, we're, we're not going to talk for a really long time about it, but I want to get into some special points that I've learned over the years, over the plus decade of doing these things myself and also working with the public, with my students and clients, these things can be life changing. And I just want to invite you to think about these things through the lens of what your needs might be as an intuitive. So the concept of why we need a clear and clean environment and how thinking about it through the lens of energy can be enough motivation. Um, it can lead to that self-care that self-respect that um, it can provide space for the clarity to get up in the morning sometimes. So I want to go over a few stories. I want to go over a few epiphanies, tell some stories. I want to go over several whys because I'm rather driven by why. Why am I doing this? Why should I bother? And when I didn't really connect the dot between my sensitivity, my intuition, my psychic senses, and my environment, um, it was irrelevant because I couldn't make that connection. So I couldn't pursue any self-care or any healing or I, I couldn't do anything because I didn't understand. So I want to give you some whys. And then I actually didn't update this. I had three tips to help organize your environment, but I actually wrote down five. So they're going to just be extremely simple. I want to give you ex ex simple tips that have huge impact if we can follow through with them. And I really do believe that when you have a reasonable and profound why, you'll get the clarity of starting these new habits to take care of your sensitivity through the care of your environment. So let's get started. I also want to say right off the bat that through this year of 2020 and feeling like we have no control over our present, over our future, um, the things that we'll talk about today is a way to experience some control, right? In a really beautiful, grounding, nurturing way, what we're going to talk about is a way to achieve some sense of control in a world that feels out of control. So, okay. The first thing I want to invite you to do is, if you're not driving, obviously, um, I want you to close your eyes. 
want you to close your eyes and I want you to start envisioning that you open a door and when you open the door you see dirt you see grime you see pots and pans everywhere some of you are probably already remote viewing so I don't, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I don't necessarily want you to do that, but let, let's try to keep it in the realm of imagination rather than a re remote viewing. But you walk into dirt and disgust and just sort of scan around and feel, do you feel scared? Do you feel dirty just by being in this room? Are you afraid something's hiding? Um, do you feel a little bit paranoid, right? There's like dirty blankets in the corner and there's old clothes, but you kind of don't know who they, whose they are. And you just feel really scared. You know, you feel dirty and you feel scared. So let's turn around and let's walk out the door and let's close that. Okay. And then let's imagine that the doorway dissolves totally. So that room no longer exists. Let's go forward in time. And we come to a new door. And this door feels already effervescent and light and airy. And the doorway is beautiful. And we're curious people, insatiably curious. So we can't wait to see what's behind that door. So you open the door and immediately you're hit with light. And that light and that purity feels comfortable. And as you look around, there are very few things, but the things that you see are cleaned and they're radiant and they sparkle. And you know where yourself is in that room and you know what is in the room. And for the moment, let's imagine that you're alone. And you feel alone. You don't feel paranoid. You don't feel scared. You're not confused. You feel peace and safety and security. And you can feel the light that is trying to interact with you, that is trying to support you, that is there for you. You feel all of that. And let's just for a moment vision that there's another person in there with you that prepared the room for you. They cleaned it for you. They organized it for you because they knew that their beloved friend, companion, the sensitive, the psychic was visiting. And they know how sensitive you are to energy and they know how sensitive you are to physical things. So they prepared this room for you. And you know that in an instant because there's no clutter between the two of you, both literally physically and energetically. And so that interaction is pure and you know what you know and you can feel what you need to feel because there's nothing between you and the other being. And you say thank you to that other being and you realize you're worth the effort for this preparation. You're aware that this being knew, knew you so well and cared so much about you that they prepared for you and your type of energy and what your energy requires from them, from the, from your physical environment and from the world. 
And as you turn around to leave this room, your heart is filled and your body is invigorated and you feel peace and calm and cared for. And as you turn around, you close the door behind you and you go forward in that peace. So when we start talking about and getting into the meat of this podcast, this is the point I'm trying to make that, you know, there's a difference in environment. You know that there's a reason that things can get out of control, that things go uncared for. And uh, if you don't know it yet, I'm here to tell you that you're deserved of that safe, sparkly, luminous feeling. You're deserved of it. And in many ways you require it because you're so sensitive and you need things organized energetically because you organize your environment energetically as a psychic, as a medium, as a sensitive, as a healer. Okay. So I know that these things can seem small and they can seem superficial. They can definitely seem controlling depending on your, your history. You know, were you a child that was required to have really high standards cleanliness? You know, was your mom or dad a control freak? Did you never get to feel safe and calm in your environment? Was your house so dirty? You were ashamed and, and embarrassed of it. Um, there are some beings that prefer the chaos. I go back to the angels that I've studied and lived with. They put obstacles in the way because they're so sensitive on a different level that that stuff almost feels like protection because it's an obstacle for something out there to have to get through to get to them. <laughs> so I can appreciate the reasons why some people do what they do. And today I hope we get to the why you do what you do and that we really reveal what are your needs. That's, that's all that matters. What are your needs? What do, what do we need to do in your environment to make sure you feel respected and safe and clear? And even though I, I live with angels and they create chaos and leave stuff out really, uh, you know, and it took me a long time to connect the dot that they, they do it because it's a way to block energy. <laughs> uh, um, they still long for organization, right? They still appreciate the effort that I take to care for them. And my prayer for my child, that is, is one is that she still though she will always naturally probably create little messes to, um, you know, create obstacle energetically that she still can respect her soul, you know, her spirit to be able to do the things you have to do in this physical world to care for the physical body. You know, that's still my prayer. She still loves a really clean room, <laughs> even though she instinctually makes little messes. Um, you know, and it's come up in different conversations where when this comes up with a client, I, I, if it's a really big issue, I often know I'm, I'm already dealing with an angel and, um, you know, depending on other sensitives and what have you and values and things like that, there, there have been people that said, well, cleaning is an egotistical thing. Like you should be meditating instead of cleaning. And 
I would argue that after all this time that I've put into the research and the study of this subject, um, cleaning is meditative, <laughs> especially as a sensitive, because the more physical, a, a lot of sensitives don't like to be in bodies and we don't like to sort of be physical. So sitting and meditating and being in the intellectual or the spiritual or the emotional realm is actually quite easy for us. But being physical can be an obstacle. And if you're encouraged to do just stay more out in the ethers, you feel really ungrounded, you feel unsafe in some ways, like these are all those sort of quiet anxieties that creep up on us sensitives that because who the hell is talking to us about this stuff? Nobody, right? So I would actually say for the sensitive, the act of cleanliness is a form of meditation and it's a way to process energy through your body, particularly in your home, in your living space, your you're, you're putting your own energy into it and you're caring for your energy. And at the same time, you are not out in the ethers bringing in way too much psychic, sensitive, intellectual and emotional <laughs> information. Because I, what I know about you is you've already been there, done that 10 times today. <laughs> so, uh, um, When I'm working with a student or a client, and this comes up through the guides, um, I know that they're already enduring a tremendous amount of anxiety and the things we'll talk about the hows and the whys we're going to, we're going to cover those things. And I hope at the end of this, it'll be really obvious to you, this connection between anxiety, stress, and, um, chaos in your environment and how they sort of, it's a cycle that reinforces itself if it doesn't, um, get fixed, if you will, if it doesn't get pursued, um, with the tips that we'll talk about to reorganize so that your environment can get organized. Um, it's come up so many times in my profession. And again, I'm a psychic medium and you think, well, what the hell are you doing talking about cleaning? But it is such a huge part of the work that I do because we are talking about the care and the respect and the knowing of what kind of soul you are. And when you have this gift, the burden of it is you can't turn it off. But the there, again, there's so many, there's far more bene, you know, beneficial things to having this gift than the, the downside, certainly when you know how to use this gift, but you can't turn it off. So you, you, we have to do certain things to make it easier, to make it better, to make us not have to constantly read. And cleaning your environment, organizing your environment is a beautiful way to organize your energy. And as I said, it's come up so many times I tell the story of in my traumatic, chaotic childhood, the one and only environment that was consistent and stable in my life was my grandmother's house. And she was both notoriously nostalgic and ridiculously compulsively organized and so you know if we got out boxes of crayons and papers to play with those were put away before the next activity got to come up you know if you got a cup out for the day you had the same cup and by the end of the day she had that thing washed and put away um, her organizing of her home really I, you know, of course I didn't connect this dot till I was much older. It was such a gift to me 
because she organized my energy in her home. I was able to walk into my grandma's home and feel organized. I knew where everything was energetically. I wasn't paranoid. I wasn't scared. I wasn't, I, I didn't, oh, I felt a welcome. You know, I felt like she was preparing that house for me. She was cleaning up after me, not in a, what a burden you were, but rather a celebration that I'd been there, right? So when we think about, when we think about these things through the lens of love and service and respect for ourselves and for each other, the why becomes so much more grand and precious, doesn't it? Right. I, I, in no way do I think my grandma was like, I'm going to organize the house for Katie. She's so sensitive. I mean, no way in hell, but she too had a really chaotic energy. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> she had a very chaotic childhood and I have no doubt through the subconscious, she knew that the love and care and organization in her home was an act of love. It, and it was, <laughs> it was so many of my happy memories are in her home. And again, because of the stability, because of the organization, I felt really safe there. She wasn't a, a very affectionate and she wasn't a big talker and she wasn't super interested in childish conversations, if you will. Um, I've always been a, an interviewer, so I love to talk to her and get her stories, but she wasn't always interested in my story. And in spite of that, she still showed me a tremendous amount of affection and support and love through the environment that she provided for me. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure many of you can relate to this. Um, you know, after I, I take a lot of pride in being strong and healthy and fit and, um, so my experience of physical vulnerability would be with when I was pregnant with my children. And then when I had them, um, the house was just pure chaos, right? And it felt so, you know, this is a whole new world, right? When you bring in a little human into your home, it, it, like nothing is normal, nothing's the same. And then if your environment is now like a bomb went off, that felt awful, you know, like it, nothing was organized and everything was different. And let me just say, had somebody been able to help take care of my home while I couldn't, um, the gift that, that would have provided me just could have been incredible. Um, when I had my wisdom teeth surgery, it's been a, a year, a year, just over a year. I had spent the summer, um, painting my children's rooms and just like two days before my actual surgery in August, I just finished up with my son's room. I did not have time to get everything out of the hallway back into his room. And, um, you know, we bought new furniture and new bedding, <laughs> excuse me, new stuff for him. So all the old stuff was still in like the family space. Um, so I, I go to have the surgery that everyone says is no big deal. You'll be fine in a day or two. And I had something go wrong with that surgery. So my two days turned into like a month. And then 
you know, I had to have an IV put in my arm and then it just was one thing after another. And I remember when it was really scary because what happened, you know, what went wrong wasn't diagnosed yet. And I just sort of this, you know, every time I'd come out of my bedroom, like my house was trashed, like right out of the bedroom because of the painting. And I felt the chaos and the anxiety and the hopelessness and the, you know, it just reinforces all of the chaos that you're in energetically and mentally and emotionally. Um, so again, if we can say how had that been cleaned and organized and maintained that feeling of anxiety and the fear that unorganized environment adds to a sensitive is astronomical. I do feel like we're more affected than maybe the average bearer, you know, and I don't know exactly how to context that because I think most of us are psychically sensitive, but most of us are raised to be disconnected and in denial of it. So even if they're not connecting the dot, that doesn't mean that they're not too aware of this on some level. Um, so <laughs> just isn't a funny story. Um, it's probably 20 years ago or so I became good friends with the Catholic priest that, um, did the funeral for my grandmother. And, um, we would meet for lunches or, you know, just this or that. And one time I was walking downtown and he pulled over, he saw me walking. So he pulled over, said, hi, um, you know, can I take you back to the office or can I offer you a lift? And I didn't need one, but I thought I'd be polite and say, you know, sure, I'm just, you know, a couple blocks down. And I got into his vehicle and it was an absolute mess. Now, the only reason that's significant to me looking back is that he's a spiritual advisor. And yet his environment was really like a driving trash can. And I say that with, I've known plenty of people like that. And so it's no judgment. I mean, I could care either way. It's just that... If you're that, if you're sensitive, if you're having anxiety, that reinforces the out of controlness, the chaos, the, the, the lack of respect for the soul, for the spirit within the body. So I just thought it was a funny story to share with you where, you know, nobody is immune to this. We all, we're all called upon to act in our environment unless we are so blessed to have I don't know help. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that even looks like for myself and, you know, 99% of the people I've ever met. I want to also just make a point on the, the knowing that we have. I mean, there's a reason that people are obsessed with Marie Kondo. Is that her name? I think so. There's a reason. Um, I believe I've asked my guides. I've had a talk with clients and <laughs> students. The people on hoarders are often the angels, right? It's often a story about the angels and what a stretch and what a, what a difficult challenge it is for the angels to organize their energy because, well, their energy, therefore their environment, because they're so sensitive, um, to energy, they love by nature to create obstacles through physical things. As I've told you, if I'm, um, on my way to tuck in my daughter or uh, you know, try to get close to her. She's put like five piles of things between the door and her bed. 
And uh, so I, I feel so blessed to have guides to be able to ask, you know, what the hell's going on here? And not just judge it from like a ignorant judgmental space, but rather why, why is she doing this? And, you know, we'll be working with that for forever and ever because we can create habits. And as you well know, life can, life can have a way with you and we can lose some habits. So I think for all of us, the coming back to the why, the why the hell should I care? Or why am I doing this? Why bother is the motivation to keep the habit in spite of what life hands us. And going back to the shows, I don't watch them, but I, I know a lot of people that do and they, they're like obsessed with them. And when I hear in that conversation is, you know, there's people that come in, it's almost like a rescue, right? It's like, where the hell am I in my environment? Um, and it's such an act of love. You know, these people are admired, these people that come in and help clean and help organize. We, we can all agree that this is such an act of service and an act of love. Um, you know, what we're talking about today is why, because it's a way to honor the soul within that body. And it is love and it is service and it is caretaking. And, um, it's so much more symbolic than, uh, you know, have a nice house so you can press people like that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the act of love for your environment to, to house, to entertain, to interact with your body, which is the house of your soul. Right. Okay. So let's see, I want to get into a few whys and then we're going to go right to the tips and then we'll be done. I know I'm recording this on the eve of Thanksgiving here in America and um, I felt like it was a really exciting topic. Um, the guides and I have been wanting to do this for a long time because chaos comes, <laughs> chaos comes in the form of a holiday, maybe not so bad because of COVID here in America where we're limited and, and I have friends all over the world and I've heard that, you know, many of you are being restricted now too. Um, but in this year of so much lack of control in our lives, as we go through the holidays, this could be a great time to come back to that foundation. And the foundation is your home. The foundation is your body. The foundation is the habits that care for your physicality. So um, these tips can reinforce uh, being able to get through these holidays of chaos in a really grounded, um, meditative way. Okay, so let's take a look here. So some really profound whys are cleaning the house. A clean house grounds you. Okay, a clean house. And when I say house, I am talking about environment. I don't care if you're in an apartment or a room, a bedroom. Um, I can also be meaning your car. Uh, you know, a lot of people spend time in their car too. So I'm going to say house, um, as a metaphor for your environment. Okay. A clean house organizes your energy. Okay. A clean house simplifies your thoughts and your mind. And again, if we go back to that vision that I had you guys do, where you walk into the room of chaos, you feel something about that, right? You're reading, you're in chaos, you're feeling and you're listening and your mind is racing and your eye, you know, your clairvoyance and those feelings of paranoia, you know, we've, we've been over that. So 
when that environment is organized, the mind can relax, the intuition can relax. It does not have to get active. Okay. A clean house gives your spirit space to expand. Um, right. If you walk into a bar and it's packed, you, your, your aura just zipped up to your skin, <laughs> um, versus maybe a grand ballroom that is in control. Everything's in order. There's plenty of space for everyone. You can relax and expand your aura and those of us that had tra uh, traumatic childhoods have auras that are so withered, it's not funny. So part of healing that aura behavior can be through clean environment. It's a way, especially if you're out of that situation, and perhaps that consciousness that this is my space, it's well cared for, I'm well cared for, I'm safe, that aura can really get used to expanding out, expanding out and becoming vast. Um, you can imagine being a powerful being with a tiny aura. That's just not compatible. <laughs> I always say, if you don't use the energy, the energy turns around and uses you. <laughs> so, um, another why is, um, a clean house makes your spirit feel the respect that it deserves. Okay. And the last why is it reminds you of who you are, right? It, it reinforces your sensitivity. So <clears throat> I was in denial of this. I fought this. I, you know, I did all the things we do when, especially if you don't feel deserved of it. And maybe if you have resentment that it's always up to you, you know, there's that too, where we're so exhausted and always the clean environment comes down to us because we're the only people that care. You know, there's a lot going on around that. Um, and again, we all have some subconscious programming from our childhoods to overcome. Uh, I know plenty of people that have messy environments to defy their controlling mother, right? So we, we don't want to be controlled by any mother. We, we want to be, you know, the mother that has to now take over is that mother within us. It is the Holy mother. It is that, um, eternal mother. I mean, whatever that is that, um, and father, dare I say, cause it's not up to one gender, but, um, well, let's just get to, um, the tips. Well, let me actually wrap that up. The point that I was on, you know, where it reminds you of who you, who you are. Um, so this is where we stop waiting for somebody else to know who we are. This is where we finally accept who we are. And as I, um, you know, this could go back to Byron Katie's work. Byron Katie uh, is an author. She wrote the book, I think it's called The Work, and it's these four questions and a turnaround. Um, so um, she tells us like long story about, <laughs> excuse me, being pissed off that her teenage kids kept leaving their socks everywhere and the madness that it created in her mind <laughs> and um, sort of realizing like those socks bother you, so you pick them up. And now you don't have to argue. And it, it is this thing where we can just be accountable for what we need. You know, I need dishes done every night or when I see them, probably because I'm the one that does them the most, but maybe it's like a another, you know, on the list of things to do. But also maybe on a grander scale, I like to come out of my bed down clean stairs into, you know, a clean living room, a clean house, a clean kitchen. Uh, cause I feel safe. 
You know what I mean? I know where everything is in my house. I don't feel paranoid. I don't feel like the window is broken. I don't, I feel like I have some control over a world I have no control over. So, um, you know, have you ever had that feeling where you clean really good and you, you kind of feel like a whole new level of human. <laughs> I really feel like it's the spirit that is so excited that you've organized and perfected its environment. I feel like that's where that feeling comes from, that it's the spirit. It's a, such a spiritual practice because it's the spirit that actually gives a damn. You know what I mean? The body can walk over stuff. It doesn't care. But it, but that sensitive soul within you, within me, um, that's that calling of, of clean for me, organized for me. Don't make me work so hard. Okay. Interesting, right? I think so. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay, let's, let's go ahead and end with these five tips. Um, my first tip is something I'm so excited to tell you about. If you don't already know, um, there's this just absolute incredible book called Home Comforts the art and science of keeping house. And it is by Cheryl Mendelson. Okay. I don't know how I came across this book. I think I was pregnant with my daughter and I knew I was going to be making our house. You know, we got, just got married. We were having our first child. I think I went to Barnes and Noble or something. And this book just like jumped out at me as they do. You guys know, you guys know what books do. So I, I um, quit my job. The I had one more month to go in my pregnancy, and I had quit my job at the stock brokerage company to prepare for our child. And uh, so it was the first time in my life I had some time to think. And this mountain of creating a home for the first time was upon me, and I could not stop reading this book. So they call this book the Home Care Bible. I think it's absolutely that <laughs> um, she starts the book with the difference between I think her Italian grandmother and forgive me I don't remember the other grandmother but how they each had their passions in home care I think one was a farmer and one was in the city so they did things differently with that but the love and the care that these women put into their home care, home care and how it made the family feel so cared for and how passionately protective they were of their methodologies and the whys behind what they were doing. So she's, um, I believe she is a lawyer. Um, and she admits to home care as her passion, as her fun, as her love, so I'd never heard it that way. You know, cleaning was like a Saturday. We'd get torn out of bed, clean the house, you know, do it this way. No questions. We turn up the music and we get our chores done. And, um, I was never ever presented that taking care of a home is an act of love and it can be pleasurable and enjoyable and something that grounds you and gives you purpose. So the first chapter is like a love affair of, if you've never heard of home care in a way that actually feels 
really amazing. I would just absolutely recommend this book. I'm going to read you just a paragraph. Um, there's literally chapters and sections on literally anything you can think of in home care. I mean, dusting the carpets, you know, refrigerator care, uh, maintenance care on your appliances. I mean, everything. But one of the things when I'm talking to sensitives, when I'm talking to you, um, this daily routine, okay. Um, page 22, the chapter says beginnings and she calls this paragraph about the daily routine. So, a daily routine restores the household to a level of basic order twice each day, once before work or after breakfast, and once before bed in the morning. You clean up before breakfast preparations, straighten up or neaten, air and make the beds and hang clothes. In the evening, you clean up after dinner, neaten once more, take out the garbage, lock up, and before you go to sleep, put dirty clothes in the hamper and hang other clothes. If you work away from home at your job, you want to come home to a neat, clean, and fresh-smelling home. When you go to turn in, you do not want to be demoralized by an unmade, stale bed. If you stick to your daily routine, your average experience of home will be of comfort will be of a comfortable degree of order and cleanliness. You'll wake up to a fresh home, return to a fresh home after work, and never have to endure a stale bed, crumbs underfoot, sticky table, and counters, sour smells, fated air, or grubby sinks, tubs, or showers. <laughs> so, you know, again, it's about the experience of life. It's that experience that you have every damn day, whether you like it or not, right? And it's a way to affirm the most beautiful experience in your home environment that you possibly can. So that book changed my life. And we might not be having this conversation had that not touched my, ha my heart so profoundly. Um, I, I was just thinking another, um, I, I am good. I'm just going to say it too. Um, Maybe I'll put this in the show notes if I can. Um, another, this isn't a tip, but this is just like something that is just, it, it also changed my life. Um, so even having read that book, I started to, you know, build this home for myself and my family um, through the tips in that home comforts book. The other thing that took that to a whole other level was I um, started to go for long runs and listen to the audiobooks, and then I had to buy the hardcovers, uh, rather the paper books, because I fell in love with this series so much. The author, her name is Jamie Cat Callen. And she writes books on sort of the Parisian's view of life and home and family. Um, one of her books is called Ooh La La. Um, one of them is Bonjour Happiness. And these stories and this sort of bringing you back to home and family and body. Um, all I have all of her books. I think I have all of her books. I have all four of the ones that have to do with Fran France. French culture. But these, her storytelling was, it took me to another level of just the enjoyment of being in a body, being human, being in a physical space, you know, it healed a lot of sort of food issues I had around becoming way too smart around diet and nutrition. <laughs> you know, that can just confuse the hell out of us even more. Okay. Anyway, that her name was Jamie Cat Callen, the French culturist that can bring your 
physicality to a whole new level, but the book that I recommend is called Home Comforts by Cheryl Mendelson. Okay. Number two, pick up your, uh, the tip is to pick up your living space every night. And that actually goes back to the paragraph that I spoke of. Um, I don't go to bed without organizing my living space. You know, there are a few other little spaces that I, I don't mind a little bit of something out, but I fluff the pillows every night. I, um, take out the garbage. I pick up everything and it reinforces when I come downstairs to start my day that I get to start my day. You know, it's a new fresh day and that habit of just, even if you're dead ass tired, just coming back, you know, just grabbing those pillows, start fluffing, you know, or, you know, putting where they belong, putting the towel where it belongs, getting things put away. It, it is a way that I've found contentment with as it starts my night cycle. So it's this cycle, it's a circle. And as all habits are of reinforcing my care for myself, for my soul. So number three, use beautiful products that smell amazing. We use Myers spray in this house. I mean, hello. <laughs> you know, I love, I don't love it, but you know, I, I enjoy doing dishes as much as I can. It again, it comes back and it grounds me. It's meditative. If I am listening to news, I try to do that while I'm doing dishes, while I'm vacuuming so I can hear that stuff, know what's going on, but process it and then ground through these activities. Um, I probably like many of you was raised with really harsh, awful chemical, um, cleaning products. My mom was a big fan of spraying that chemical potpourri on our floor that like burned your throat, <laughs> you know? Um, so we can renegotiate that. If you haven't already, I invite you to start looking at products that just smell incredible. Uh, it makes the whole experience more pleasurable. Uh, both during and then after when you get to smell those scents afterwards even. No joke, um, just really quick. I, I had bought the Meyer spray, the basil um, smell, and I hadn't realized I just sprayed. It was a new thing. I usually get like lemon or the lavender. And I had a friend over and I had just cleaned up. You know, I'd sprayed the stuff before she sat at the table. And I literally thought she had perfume on. And I kept asking her, well, what is that smell? And she's like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Like I don't wear perfume and I'm like, God, I just smell so good. I wonder where that's coming from then. And then <laughs> when she left, I realized I had just sprayed my counters <laughs> with this incredible uh, cleaning product. Okay. So this goes back to, I don't ever want to forget cars because so many of us spend a lot of time in cars. Um, you know, good habits is if you get something, take it out every single time. Yeah, you're often tired and frustrated and whatever, whatever mood you're in when you get home. But if you grab that stuff out, it completes the day. You know, you're not dragging around days of crap around with you. It's in the garbage right away. And you get to the point where you don't even have to think about it. And then every time I get in my car, it's fresh and it's clean and it's ready to go. And, um, you know, I travel with children and let me tell you, like before this became habit, you know, and let's be honest when they're little, it's just, you've got to, you're carrying them. So you're not cleaning up anything, <laughs> but once they get old enough to be able to walk and you just grab all the crap out and you just take care of it. Um, they 
are calmer too. Let's be honest. They're much calmer, you know, and this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's, they respond to it too, because they're energetic as well. And if they are not in chaos, then they don't act chaotic. It's just incredible. Okay. So finally, my fifth tip is to give yourself permission to make your space your own. I have a lot to say about this, but I'll try not to carry on too long. Um, I was, I moved so much in my childhood and as a young adult, um, I think I've moved at least 30 times in my life. And when we started actually purchasing homes, um, my husband would say, don't do anything because we probably won't be here very long. And though that was true, um, you know, there's that feeling there. So there's that disconnect that, well, this isn't mine. This is somebody else's, you know, it was never mine. I was never welcome. I never got to hold on to anything. I never got to put myself in any environment because I didn't belong there anyway. Okay. So I had to just really start defying that when we moved to Colorado and we were in this house a good long, like four to six years. And yeah, the move was always on the horizon. That's just something I live with. But my guys just really kicked my butt. And I wanted, I, I think I watched um, Nanny McPhee. And if you haven't seen that movie, there's these incredible colors in this house. And my grandmother's house was very Victorian-esque. So each of her bedrooms had a specific color. <laughs> I mean, she did it really, really beautifully. There was the pink room, there was the green room, there was the purple room. And so even against my husband, I was like, don't do it. We're not going to be here. I did it anyway. I went by this like crazy electric green and I painted my office that green and I had to fight for it and I had to defy it and I had to just do it in spite of the protest. And then I went and I painted the living room bright purple. Like I just purple and gold. And I just went crazy in that house with color. And then I started painting black and white stripes all over everything. And the point is that I had to fight to allow myself the right to paint myself into my environment because guess what I was there right I'm not a beige type of person and those that are my my daughter is and I love the color palettes that she comes up with because we still do paint her room but they're in no way the same type of colors I use um so it's that appreciation and I've come to really love bright white too. Like there's, if you get a really good quality paint, that is also an incredible um, space sort of opening thing to explore as well. But the point is that so many people don't give themselves permission to be in a space they might even own. You know what I mean? If we're renting, there's nothing we can do in terms of that, but you can buy things that you like and enjoy if you can, you know, there've been times where we were totally broke too. And it would take me some time to get something really pretty or really comfortable. Um, while sort of fighting this belief system that I didn't deserve it, that it wasn't worth it. Um, you know, I, I personally had all these things to overcome too. So, um, I just want to write in and now whenever I get my hands on a new house, we, yeah, we move, we move a lot and I sell my colorful, colorful houses. Um, they sell in days like that crazy one I did. It sold in like two days. The last one I had done gorgeous, bold colors. That one sold cash in like nine days. I never have a hard time selling these houses that I create and make them so beautiful. Um, 
So now when I now my priority is to paint myself into our new houses when and if we move. Um, and I immediately affirm that this is my space, you know, my as in this is mine as in mine, but also as the mother, this is my family. This is my, I, I paint these things because, you know, these things create memory, right? And, and so much of my memory has to do with even the colors of my grandmother's um, bedrooms, right? So I'm driven in that way where um, if this is where we're making memories, we're going to do this now. <laughs> you know what I mean? This memory the memories we start now are going to be authentically ours so that when they remember me, when I'm on the other side, um, their memory is right there of who I am as their mother. Um, so again, there is, to me, it's all very symbolic. Um, these houses that I paint and create for my family, for myself, it's where I make memory with them. And, um, it's a way for me to say it was ours. You know, we were there. It mattered. You know, your little bodies walked up and down the hallways and the stairs. And those were your bedrooms at the time. We weren't temporarily there. Even if we were one time I painted a house top to bottom and we moved, we were only there six months. That was really hard to let go of. And we still long for that house. But, um, so again, I, I just, I, this is a, such a um, such an important conversation because I, I again I see so many of my clients and students waiting to live, waiting for permission, not feeling deserved of the things, the physical experiences this life offers us, and this is just like a tip of the iceberg conversation of how we can heal those belief systems or patterns or mental obstacles, or even maybe you live with a, a husband or a spouse or a partner and they say, no, don't do that. You know, and, and you just have to get to a point where your spirit matters more than that opinion. And you just say, I, I must, I have to do this. And it doesn't matter if you understand or not. I mean, you know, obviously we'll be respectful, but that's kind of what it comes down to. The passion and the knowing of who and what you are is so deep and so grand and so unapologetic. Um, you know, cause if you're tall, you have a different requirement for buildings. If you're small, you have a different requirement for buildings. If you're a sensitive, you have different requirements for your environment. It's just, it is the way it is. It's a fact. Um, and so many sensitives negotiate parts of themselves away into oblivion because we read energy and we can read your mind and we can know if, you know, he didn't necessarily have to say, don't do that. I already knew he didn't want me to. <laughs> so we can be that sensitive where we're not even waiting for verbal cues. We are getting energetic cues and we are not doing the things that our soul requires from us. Okay. Okay. So. I look forward to you being able to sp explore these few tips and think about how they apply to you. And um, I'm going to post this on social media. And I'm going to post a picture of my original home comforts book because it's totally trashed because I used it so much that I bought a new one and it's much prettier and I don't touch it because I want it to stay that way. But <laughs> this is a book I have marked and written in and uh, I've just had a total love affair with this home comforts book. Um, and, you know, if you can go to the social media, tell me a tip 
that you have, you know, tell me something that you do. Let me know, um, what sorts of ways you care for your spirit, what sorts of ways you care for the, the spirits and the beings around you. Uh, I think it's an important conversation and I'd love to know what you think. All right. All right. Until next time. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, which Claire are you? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.